From the Film Society of Lincoln Center, you're listening to The Close-Up. Each week, we bring you in-depth conversations with some of the biggest names in filmmaking. It's March 2nd, 2016. I'm Michael Lodemark, one of the show's producers. Today, we're sharing a conversation with French filmmaker Arnaud Desplechens, who will be here at the Film Society for a comprehensive retrospective beginning March 11th. In addition to screening his most beloved films, from My Sex Life or How I Got Into an Argument, to A Christmas Tale, the series will also feature a sneak preview of his latest, My Golden Days, which will then begin its official run on the 18th. Considered one of the key French directors of the post-New Wave, Desplechens is no stranger to the Film Society. My Golden Days was his fifth film to be featured in the New York Film Festival, and during the festival last fall, the director joined us for one of our free talks, which are sponsored by HBO. In a conversation moderated by Film Society programmer Florence Almazzini, the director discussed My Golden Days, referencing classic cinema, and his working relationship with Mattia Amalric. So let's go now to their conversation. Chantal Ackerman, Ho Shao Shen, Spike Lee, Laura Poitras, Kelly Reichardt. These are just a few of the filmmakers who were introduced to New York audiences at New Directors New Films. The 45th edition of the festival runs March 16th through the 27th at the Film Society of Lincoln Center and the Museum of Modern Art. It opens with Under the Shadow, a horror film set in the Iran-Iraq War, and closes with Camera Person, a deeply personal documentary by cinematographer-turned-director Kirsten Johnson. Tickets are now on sale for Film Society and MoMA members, and they go on sale to the general public on March 4th. For more information, check out newdirectors.org. We will speak in English, but we spoke with an accent. It sounds silly, no? Two French people speaking with a terrible accent. I mean, I'm so embarrassed. But we like to let Ellen Ellen try to rescue for, us. Yeah. Ellen is for the complicated vocabulary, such as um, etalonage and you know, technical things that Arnaud would want to discuss. Uh, so I'm just going to ask a question for you know a little bit. And then we can open up to the audience. And uh, I think there's some microphone that's going to go in the audience. So you can speak loudly in the microphone. Or if not, I will repeat the question to the best of my understanding. Um, so we've talked about uh, My Golden Days. And you explained that it was not really a, a prequel, uh, even so. You were inspired by the word prequel when you were writing it. But at first, what made you want to go back to the characters of my sex life? What was the turning point where you were like, I want to revisit and make a movie about these characters or them on a different angle? Uh, it's, it's true, you know, I had the chance to, to, to discuss that, you know, with Kent the other day. So sorry if I repeat myself, you know, but. Uh, you know, it was a, there, there was the sort of game, you know, I, I, I like, I used to like superhero movies, you know, I'm not that fan of, let's say, the new ones, you know, the, I like when the superhero is alone, you know, I don't like the new ones, you know, the Marvel ones when you have 10 superheroes in the same feature, you know, it's too much for me. But so, the idea, you know, I, I remember going, you know, to Matthew and saying, by the way, decades ago we invented a hero, so it would 
to to funny to 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 make a prequel of it to to, to have his birth, you know. And uh, but uh, this word was just an incitation to write. You know, is it correct? Incitation. Mm -hmm. Sorry for my mispronunciation. And uh, but uh, I never felt uh, contrived to, to to be faithful to anything. You know, it was a brand new material. You know, and. Uh, as I was saying yesterday evening, you know, I remember when I, the, the first time I saw Moonrise Kingdom, and that was, uh, you know, going outside of the theater after the screening, the Wes Anderson movie. I thought he's so dairy, so lucky. He's so it's so great to see such a director as Wes Anderson working with a new generation, you know. And I, I was thinking about all this scene with the kids on the beach, you know, falling in love with each other. And you know, and I was thinking about my own work, and I'm not able. It's not a suffering at all. It's a choice. You know, I'm not able to use naturalism in my film. What I mean is, in my writing, I'm not trying to imitate the real life. I'm trying to invent a better life. You know, and and uh, so I'm writing these lines, which are quite elaborate, complicated, funny, and I know that experienced actor, experienced actors can have some pleasure to play with them, you know, because it's tricky, it's uh, funny, it's odd, it's tragic, it's, you know, so they can do a job with my lines. You know, I'm not that bad as a writer. But I thought at, at that point of my life, if my lines can't be useful to a new generation, to young actors, you know, which is a thing that I never did dare to do, you know, to, to, to work and to depict a character would be, let's say, like the Paul sister, who is uh, 14 years old in the film, and the actress was 14 years old when I, I worked with her, you know, my, my pride would be to be able to write lines where young actors, inexperienced actors, would say, oh, I have the use of it. I can depict myself with that kind of lines. You know, would I be able to establish a dialogue with someone who is 14 or 16 or 17 years old? And uh, so that's what I, I tried. So in a way, I could say that this film looks on several ways like a first film, as if, you know, on my first film, you know, my characters when, were in their 30s, and on this one, you know, it looks like a first feature, you know, a first, dire a first director doing his first feature, you know. And so I, I learned a lot, you know, from that. It, it was great. That's my answer. Sorry. I've been too long. I will be shorter. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so would you, I mean, you worked with Mathieu Amalric since My Sex Life. You yeah. so person who made him, forced him to become an actor, as he likes to complain about. Um, would you, have you been, would you, have you been able to make this film without Mathieu's involvement? He's the only character that was the same actor. Yeah. Um, you know, everything is different. Would it have been crucial to have him for the film? No, ma film? Mathieu Amalric, we made few films together and uh, I knew that this one I couldn't make it without Matthew it would be because you know the two films you know my sex life and and uh, and uh, my golden days are quite different but though they are sharing few one character with Paul Dedalus so without Matthew it wouldn't work you know and I remember the can speak about it because it's a director which has been so important for me it was a uh, not a sad day, but a melancholic day. It was the day of the funerals of Alain René, who was uh, an amazing director. And Mathieu was amongst the actors who were uh, carrying the coffin during the funeral. And I was there because, you know, at a certain point of my life, I've been close to Alain René. And we were proud, you know, because we thought, you know, 
we worked with that man, you know, and he was such a genius, you know, and he achieved so much. So it was not a, it was a sunny day. And I said to Matthew, uh, by the way, I, perhaps I could start to write a thing, but do you think that you will give me a few days of shooting? You know, promise the part is not that big, you know, but uh, would you be okay for the prequel, you know? And if he would have said no, I'm not sure I would have write it, you know, I needed to, yes, to, 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 and so it was a deal between the two of us. So you started to write at that time when Matthew said yes, yeah. you, you had nothing before and w that you were working on? No, I cheated because I already had, you know, oh. some notes, you know, and, and, and scenes, you know, I cheated, I lied, you know, but... Uh, I hope Matthew is not listening to this, <laughs> he lied to you. <laughs> um, this film is, uh, there's three parts in the film, uh, and... It's the themes that you explore are very similar uh, themes that you explored in previous film. Uh, you talk a lot about childhood. You talk about uh, second part is Russia, and the last part is Esther. So the same as my sex life. So I would, I was partly interested in the theme of Russia, um, which was reminiscent of La Sentinelle, um, particularly, and. Maybe I don't know if it's an obsession with like Russia, uh, Eastern Europe, and the Cold War. And it's not a very common theme that is explored in these type of movies. Yeah. Uh, mostly when you see young people traveling, they go to England to learn English, you know, it's especially in French film. Yeah. Um, and is that a generational thing? But uh, why is that important to you and your work? It always fascinated me for several reasons, you know, because of my uh, political involvement when I was very young, because of my uh, history teachers in school uh, for several reasons, you know. And it always struck me that uh, one event which was, uh, you know, I've been contem contemporary to uh, three events, major events, you know. Uh, I could actually, I could say four. You know, one was obviously the 11th of September. You know, we all remember where we were, you know, at this moment. You know, we, it's a something tragic, but that we can share. You know, we, we can share that our memories about that. Uh, there is, uh, the freedom for, for Nelson Mandela. And I think that everyone will remember where he was, you know, when we had these glorious images of Mandela, you know, winning that contest, you know, but there is the fall of the wall. You know, the, you know, I grew up in a country, in a, in a, on a continent which was split between two sides and it was supposed to be endless. It was supposed to, to, to be for centuries, you know. And in few days, the world fell apart. And this event is looking at the world, the worldwide, you know. And it doesn't seem to me that uh, this event that we can share, we don't, I don't remember exactly where I was, etc. I love the fact that, you know, in the film, Sorry for it's a spoiler for the, the the ones who didn't see the film, but you can see Paul, and Paul is looking on the TV, the fall of the the wall, you know, in Berlin, and everyone around him is fascinated by that, and he's quitting, he's leaving the room because he's and going to the bowling to find his girlfriend, you know. So it's you know he's not that interested into society, you know, but to depict these years, you no, know, the the Cold War and the the, the very small uh, traces, you know, that. Uh, of the of the Cold War, even in, in the way in the life of the French character, is something which interested me. I could have answered in another way. Sorry, I will be too long. I'm French. Uh, it's funny, you know, but because you know, my, I, at one point the co-writer I was working with told me, "Ah, no, you're so old that you are doing three remakes." And I, I asked her, "What? What do you mean?" 
She's saying, you know, the first part, Childhood, is a remake of your first film, you know, Life of the Death. The second one is a remake of La Sentinelle. And the third one is obviously a remake, you know, of uh, My Sex Life. And you say, am I that old? That's great. I survived. And you know, so. It's true. I mean, your films are usually complex and dense and heavily textured. Uh, this one particularly. Um, were you at any moment under pressure to make it sh uh, shorter? or to make three different films? Or maybe, were you ever offered to do a TV series? Or is that something that you would even consider? Like, I was thinking of Bruno Dumont doing uh, Little Quinquin or Other Return, and is that something that you could even do? Because I would watch it. I would watch 10 episodes of Paul Dédalus at different era, you know? As a spectator, I look at TV series, obviously, you know, it nourishes me. As a director, could be bored, could be bored. Now I'm not sure that uh, it doesn't interest me that much. I know that you know I'm supposed you know being here in front of you you know I'm trying to look firm when actually I'm so intimidated by you etc. So I should say you know TV series are great you know I want to be part of it it's uh, the new thing etc. Films are better. You know? <laughs> I think I think sorry. Sorry, you know, no, I never thought about that. I never thought about wor so working. So you're, you're satisfied by like the length of the film? You don't the length of the film? Yeah, you know, it's 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 funny, you know, because yeah, I, I made this film, you know, uh, which some I mean, some critics or some people sometimes were upset with the films that I was directing. It's trying. I had this question of the journalist, you know, on, on my first films, asking always, you know, the the the, the same question, you know, mainly in England, in England, mainly, you know, why are you making such long films and at a point you know i had to answer you know this is what i'm doing for my living i'm i'm directing two long films you know and it's a job that i love you know i'm able to do it and it's really difficult to make a long film it's really difficult you know because after one hour and 40 minutes the spectators start to hate you so you have to make to to prove something you know at each new scene you know so it's a really an exhausting job to make a too long film you know, it's a job that I did with such a pleasure and such, uh, such a, really it was so joyful to, to, to do that. And, you know, another answer that I was paying to the journalist was, you know, right now what I'm trying to do and what I tried to do, you know, on my sex life is to be, to, to make scenes which are interesting. Sometimes I can see films where you have few scenes which are not that interesting. And, uh, and it takes all my time, so I don't have the time to think about the length of my film, you know, because all my work is just focused on the actors, the filmmaking, the, the, the way I'm placing the camera, etc., and to, to create some thrill in each scene. So I don't have the time to think about the global length, you know. But the age coming, I'm able to be, think about the two things in the same moment. You know, I'm, I'm able to have a, a storytelling which is a little bit faster than 20 years ago. And uh, I think that, I, and I don't miss a thing. You know, I think that the layers are still there, that I'm still able to pile few layers one upon each other, etc., and to construct this film that, as you described, you know, you, you were saying that the film is in three parts, but it's not exactly true. You know, it's more, much more like a Russian dolls. You know, you, you have a small one, a tiny one, and after that, a, a short story. And after that, you have the film, you know, which is Esther, you know, because Esther has been the deepest meaning in Paul's life, you know, and she, so it's, it's, it's a strange way of constructing a film. Also, yeah. 
I mean, I was, you know, it's, it's three parts because it's written three parts, yeah, yeah, but there's yeah. like so many different uh, ways to explore the film uh, by themes that are more or less important. They all matter, but they're not all crucial to yeah, Paul's yeah. story or Esther's story. Um, so you are big uh, movie lovers and a big fan of cinema. You've mentioned um, on many occasions your love for Francois Truffaut. We did a lovely presentation one year of uh, Mississippi Mermaid, uh, yeah. which is a movie you care about a lot. Yeah. But can you talk about maybe other filmmaker that I wouldn't say influenced you, but maybe could inspire you? Could you talk about maybe Hitchcock at all? Um, like, you know, Hitchcock. the thriller scenes maybe, um, or the way you would direct actors? The last part of <coughs> to speak about directors, you know, I mean, um, working with the actors, uh, I'm not inspired by anyone. You know, it's something too personal when it's dealing, when you have to deal with uh, human beings. I mean, the references are useless. You are, you know, my, my, my techniques with our actors, I invent them, you know, just working with them. You know, I, you know, Never lent on anyone to to, 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 to to find my way of working with actors. You know, uh, uh, it's true that I, 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 you know, Truffaut has been so important for me. Perhaps also, and it's a detail. I don't know. You know, in, in the audience, perhaps you know, yeah, there are few French people. You know, but I remember. You know, being French. You know, it was the adult world which uh, wanted me to love Truffaut. What I mean by that is that you know, in the school, you know, people, the teachers were showing Truffaut's film. So, you know, I thought at the age of 11, I don't like him. He belongs to teachers. He doesn't belong to kids. You know, it's boring. You know, my, uh, my parents, you know, love Truffaut, so I hated him. You know, I'm normal, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's normal, you know. I didn't like the idea of, you know, yeah. And really, I'm, I, today I have still the same vivid passion for Truffaut because, you know, I'm a fanatic because I'm a converted. Can you say converted? Okay. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, one day it was just, you know, seeing, you know, God in a church. You know, I saw the 1400 blows. You know, it was a screening in a, a morning in a small cinema called Les Trois Luxembourg. And I realized the craft that I, I was not able to see at the age of, of 18. You know, I was uh, already in my 26, I think. And so I've been in a cinema school and suddenly I realized how it was done. You know, and the, 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 the uh, uh, yesterday evening with the... With the, you know, I remember, so, so sorry I'm so saying that, you know, because I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, I'm afraid to be such a bore, you know, but, uh, you know, I remember reading in his manuscripts, you know, this line, you know, uh, uh, please, to, 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 to his co-writer, please don't give me a scene or four minutes with one idea, what I want, what I need to, to film is four ideas for each scene of one minute, you know, and this is a thing that I never saw in the films of, uh, of Truffaut and that I can see now. You know, because usually when we think about Truffaut, we think that he's charming, soft, gentle. And what I see in his films is how brutal he is, how inventive formally he is, you know, how crude he can be, you know, and which is the, 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 the qualities that I, 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 I worship in the director, you know. Bergman also, and I, Bergman, Truffaut, it took me a while to understand how useful it was for my work. Bergman, I understood very soon, you know, because 
I remember when I saw Cries and Whispers, I was 15, 14, and I could see these four women on the screen. It was terrifying. It was so sexy. You know, and I mean, it was it was violent. And was shocked, you know, and I, and after that, later in my life, I saw a retrospective of all the Bergman's movie, and today is one of my God, you know, Hitchcock is different because you know uh, it took me too long to, to speak about the, how much I, I I do care about Hitchcock. It's too intimate, you know, uh, it's, it's too intimate. Plus, it's not it's he's a director for directors, you know. Uh, for for the audience too, you know, but there is something really deeply heartbreaking in his work. You know, I know that f some Ameri French critics, you know, like to say that uh, his English period was great. And uh, when, when I'm sp when I'm using the word heartbreaking, I mean that you know, what moves me is that uh, you know, being an English, being in England, being he thought ugly, being he thought fat, being he thought so clumsy with a woman, etc. He had a good, solid English sense of humor to protect him, which is in all this peri uh, first period, you know, the English period. And it seems to me that uh, he had to escape to his homeland and to arrive in America to start to lose, to have an absolute great lack of sense of humor. You know, in films that I love, like Rebecca, Under Capricorn, which is a film that I revere, uh, Vertigo, you know, all this deepest drama that he did, you know. So I think that uh, there is something moving, you know, how America uh, has been important in his career, you know. He, before that, he had this sense of humor that I don't like, you know, I prefer, you know, someone a little bit gloomier than, than that, you know. And talking about the technique, I mean, you use often, especially in the new film, but in other films, uh, is it called the iris? Yeah. Um, so is that, for me, it's nearly like uh, Madeleine de Proust when I see this. Like, it, yeah. I have like feelings before anything happens. Yeah. So uh, how does it make you feel when you use this verse? Like, oh, the, 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 the first time I, I used an iris, you know, uh, I've been a DP, I've been assistant DP, I've been an editor, I did all the electrician, you know, I did all the the possible jobs in the cinema industry and uh, and I remember you know I've been to, you know I was there when we took the camera you know for for, for my first feature uh, my second feature film and there was an iris you know in a box and I say uh, I asked to the guy renting the material the, 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 the material to say the, no, 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 the cameras you know, renting the cameras I say I can see uh, the, you have an iris how much is it you say this no one is using it you can have it for free Free is a word that I love, you know, so I <laughs> took it, you know. I took it and, you know, and I started to use it, to play with it, to, 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 to you know. Uh, it permit me, you know, I could mention a film that I directed, uh, the, you know, on, uh, I will give you a scene, you know, on Christmas Tale. Uh, the, the film is opening with this woman, played by Catherine Deneuve. The name of the character is Juno. And she's going to her husband to say, actually, I have a cancer which will kill me in six months. It's a big line. And the, the husband just say, oh, my dear. And that's it. And so I had few solutions. You know, one would be a tracking, you know, and to have a tracking and, and to come on a close-up on her. You know, I could do the, the reverse, you know, my dear, 
have a cancer and I will die, you know, and I would have, I would track back and suddenly I could see, you know, lost, you know, because she's standing up in, in the, in the living room and I could see her loneliness in the living room. I could, you know, like in many Bergman's movie that I love, I could zoom on her face, you know, like in Fanny and Alexander. But if I was zooming or tracking, there would be an emphasis. And what broke my heart in uh, Catherine Deneuve's performance is the fact that, you know, she's in front of her husband and she still wants to have a sexy relationship with her husband. She wants to seduce. So she wants to be, she doesn't want to be, to look sick. You know, so with the iris around her face, I can take, I can focus your attention on her face without emphasis, you, you know, as I would have with the tracking or, or zoom. So, you know, for me, it's a, it's a tool. And I, I stole that, you know, and so everyone is saying, you know, you stole that from the film from Truffaut. Wrong. I stole that from the film of Scorsese. Scorsese using Iris all the time. And I think it's great. The, the, the job is achieving is great. And I love all these tools, you know, the split screens, the, the free, to, to freeze the image, you know, all these tools that, that you can uh, take and learn in the silent movies are, are very useful for me on the set. But it's not planned. You know, now that I, I know that I can have the, the iris for free, you know, it's just beside the camera. And if I need it in the storytelling, I can improvise something with that. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you can have it for free. So feel free to use it um, <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> uh, there's some, you know, in your movies, like out, outside, there's like little scenes that don't seem to have any relationship with the rest of the film. Um, Maybe nearly like some act manqué. I mean, they, they have a relationship with the film, but like you use it several times, like an act manqué, maybe. Like in the new film, when um, Paul is meeting Gilbert, her skirt fell on the floor. Just like it seems to, but it's an accident. It seems to be an accident. An the accident. first time it's an accident. Yeah. And it, it's, the you know, time it's like the nightmare where you in public and you're nearly naked on your underwear and, <laughs> and you can't even believe it. So, can you talk about the creation of like, things like this like is it a nightmare for you to be naked it's not on stage? a nightmare <laughs> you know it's always you know i could answer so it's just it's always interesting to see a character when he's not noble you know when he's embarrassed you know i i love you know the the all these feelings that we try to to can hide in our common lives you know like shame embarrassment etc i think it's interesting you know that's how you know i came you know to 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 to, to write characters like a uh, parents to my character. You see what I mean? When you look at the Western, you know, with John Wayne, you know, John Wayne is so noble and I love John Wayne and you know how much I love him. You know, in the searcher, he's arriving, you know, with this horse, it's right, he's noble. But you know, if you, put, if you add a mother and if John Wayne had to say, by the way, here is my mother, you know, suddenly he's not noble any longer. You know, he's stupid. You know, so, and it's a moment I love him. You know, I cherish him, you know, because I can see humble, you know. It's the thing, you know, when you are 10 years old, when you are going in school, and say, Mom, could you, no, I will go by myself. You know, please don't come. You know, I don't want my fellows to, to see you. You know, and this, I love that. I love to embarrass my characters. But the nobility with the way Gilbert is taking, you know, she's losing her, her skirt and she's not losing her, Nobility. She's still noble, you know. And the second time she's doing by purpose to seduce him. And uh, I remember one line, you know, because uh, when I, I work with the two young actors, I ask them not to see my sex life. Say, no, what we are doing is something brand new. 
you know, so I don't want you to look at my films. You know, look at films from your generation, not from mine. And uh, and at one and so when L Paul at the end of the movie, sorry, it's another spoiler, but uh, he has a teacher, and the teacher unfortunately died, and he learned, you know, that uh, the beloved teacher is not alive any longer, and he faints and he falls down on the ground, you know, and. Uh, And the actor, Quentin Dolmer, told me, oh, I wondered, at one point of your movie, I w we would see a character falling. You know, because I, f I always love to, you know, to, 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 to film a character, a male character, when he's falling down. You know, and when, when a character, you know, like in a Chaplin movie, or, you know, he's just stupidly falling. You know, my, I miss my chair, I'm ridiculous. That makes me more human. You know, and so that's my way of proceeding. He probably did see my sex life because Paul in my sex life has an amazing falling yeah. scene down yeah. the stairs yeah. where he, you think he may be dead, yeah. but more than that, he's mortified and you're yeah. mortified for him. Yeah. And then his hand just moves a little bit. I'm like, yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm embarrassed for him. Yeah, we are embarrassed. More yeah. than the, the yeah, but the, all these underwear. moments where you are, when you lose your dignity are fascinating, you know, because you are, it makes the, you're more alive, you know, and so, yeah. Do you rewatch your movies ever, or do like once they're finished? Do you revisit what you've done before? Never, never. I never saw one of my films. I tried once, you know, on my first one. You know, I was in the theater, and I thought, you know, but why can't I change the color grading? Perhaps I can take two frames off on this cut, you know, and I couldn't change it any longer, so it was just excruciating, you know. So, but I know them by heart. You know, recently I restored the three of my films. So I restored them, you know, I did the color grading without the sound. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know when you finish a movie, uh, you, you mix it. So, and you do the color grading. I'm doing it without sound. That way it's kosher. You know, I'm not seeing the film finished. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? I'm just looking at the images, so it's okay. <laughs> and the second time, yeah, and after that when I, I'm doing the mix, I'm using not the color printing, I'm using a, a dusty thing, you know, the, so that way I never see the image and the sound together. And after that we have, uh, when you mix a film, you always make mistakes, you know, because uh, it's small tasks and, you know, you, you have to, 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 to you, you miss the stream of the film. So you have to do some correction on, the, on your mix. So I'm at this projection, this screening, you know, of the, the first mix. I do my correction, my corrections, and after that, the editor and the mixer are going to see if what I did is okay. I'm waiting for them outside smoking and say, how was it? They say, it's okay. Okay, fine. But it's, the light, it's a, my goodbye to the film. But I'm not able to see them. No, I'm not able to see. Even like 10 years later, it's... No, but I'm, now it's great. I'm restoring them, you know, so I'm seeing them again, you know, without sound. <laughs> to be kosher. And, uh, and uh, you know, but, uh, and you know, and it was funny b during this experience because I was color grading, you know, my, my very first films. And, and the guys uh, thought, but you didn't see it, you know, since 25 years. I was saying, yeah, but I know which next shot is, you know, because it's logical. The camera was here, which means that the following shot has to be there. I mean, it's logical, you know, which means that you have a tracking when she's moving like that way. It's, a it's just logical. So it's still vivid in my mind. I don't need to see them. Hello. Um, Marco, um, uh, film versus digital. Do you use digital in your films? Do you film with digital? Uh, film versus digital, I would vote film. You know, 
now I have to be realistic. <laughs> you know, I have, you know, times is passing, you know, new technologies arrive, etc. So the, the GMP was on 35. And after that, I had the, the opportunity to make a, a film, which has been shown here, actually, at the New York Film Festival, but uh, just uh, one year ago or something like that, a TV film for Arte. And I shot a, 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 a stage play, but on location. Uh, let's say, kind of... Uh, Vania 42nd Street, that kind of film, you know. And I work with a new DP, uh, which, which was the, the, who is the, the, the daughter of a very famous French DP, was Lubchansky, who was a sort of a legend in the French cinema. And she was the assistant of her father, which means that she knows everything about the 35 millimeter. And a few, few experimental films she did on digital. So I was interested into her work, we met, and I say, okay, on this film, we can't afford the 35, so we have to do it in digital, so let's work together. It was quite tricky, you know, this film, the theater play that I was filming, because there was a lot of default nights in the forest, you know, with lamps that we were adding, you know, with no money, so, and the result was gorgeous, you know, really gorgeous. We shot it with the Red Dragon, yeah. And, uh, and so on my next film, you know, I used it, you know, because it permitted me to go faster. Plus, I didn't know how it would work with the young actors. I started, as I told you, I was so anxious. Will I be able to work with young actors, you know? So will I do something like 50 takes, 60 takes, or two? You know, I, d I had no idea when I started the, to work with them, you know? I will work my dialogue with them, you know, I didn't know. So I've been cautious and I say, okay, the Red Dragon is great. You know, the film, the first film that I did, you know, with this woman, Irina Lubchansky was great. So I say, okay, let's start for, for, to do some digital. To be sincere, I don't see that many differences, you know, between using the digital and the film. Not that many. I would love to do, you know, because I'm snobbish, I would love to, to make my next film in 35. But it's just a question of snobbism, you know, because I don't think that the two tools are that different. It seems to me, it seems to me. Great. Thank you. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the, 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 you know, the, think about, you know, the, um, the Benjamin Burton, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing the work he's doing, you know. I love the P.T. Anderson movie, which are done in 35 millimeter, you know, and I love, you know, what uh, the, 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 the film that uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino, where he was the DP, you know, the, the film that you don't like in this country, but that we love in France, you know, the, with the, the, the girls and the car and the chase car, you know, the, the grand, uh, grand house movies, you know, the, and the, it's wonderful, you know, it's, it's pure 35. You know, but I can see a uh, man, you know, all the, uh, the collateral. You know, it's beautiful, it's gorgeous, and it's digital, you know, so who cares? I, I was wondering um, if you could say a little bit about the first scene of the movie where um, it, I, I don't know if this is the case, but it seemed almost as if the passion of the, the, the woman is sort of the mirror of his passion later for Esther. And I kind of, and, and and also I just kind of wondered if you could say anything more about the why you you connected uh, things with Russia with and because I remember be, after Perestroika being there and those little you know those people in that sort of insular world in this of these of these apartments and the emotional connection of the you know the kind of kitchen you know kind of culture in in Russia back then you know and I but I, I guess I just wondered about that first scene and that's where it starts out where she's talking in Russian and then and 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 she's talking about her passion for 
for, for Paul. And then, you know, it kind of goes on from there. But it seemed as if it, that later it seems as he, he has this d deep passion for Esther. So I wondered if there was a sort of, I, I, I was trying to understand the, how that movie, how it started and then the Russian connection, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm just checking. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I knew when I started the movie, you know, and I guess that the producer was upset against me, I knew that the construction would be a little bit odd, you know, that uh, he would have preferred, you know, one big thick novel, you know, say, no, it's nicer, you know, to have three bits of, of, of three tales, you know, one being, you know, and I, I, I was thinking about a poem, you know, just few scenes about childhood, but very brief, you know, six minutes. After that, we would have a short story, which would be a spy film. And after that, we would have the film, the absolute, you know, the Esther, as I was depicting, you know, depicting it as a Russian doll. So when you are telling different stories like that, I will go back to the, 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 the woman teaching the, the Russian. When, when you are making three different stories, it seems to me that you have to, I felt that I have to create a thread going through all these plots and all these adventures that Paul is going through. And I called that, uh, speaking with the co-writer, the Russian song. You know, it happens in his life. He's French, he has nothing to do with Russia, but he's leaving his parents' ho home and going to his grandhome place. And here he meets the beloved of, uh, of uh, his grandhound, and she's Russian, and she's teaching him Russian. Bits of, bits of it. Later in his life, he has this trip with the school to go to Minsk, and he wants to give his passport, and so that's uh, the main Russian part. Later on, he's looking at the wall falling and thinking about the East world being from the Western world. And, you know, and after that, the guy was so sure that he would go in Africa, and, you know, and that he would go in Benin. Do you say Benin? Yeah, in Benin. And, uh, and life happens... And he finished in Tajikistan, which is a Soviet Republic, you know, a Soviet Republic. And so, you know, it created a delicate motive, which had, was, you know, which was a sort of mysterious thread, as if there was a curse, a Russian curse on his life, you know. And I thought it was nice to, 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 to have this uh, thread, you know, amongst, the, um, amongst them. Uh, in order to, you know, does it have anything to do with Esther? I'm not that sure what I think is that there is this in the first verse scene when he's attacking his mother with a knife there is a sort of there is a scene uh, Paul's scene you know the guy who has never been able to cry for his mother who has never been able to love his mother when you know few times in the film he's saying she died she committed suicide who cares see guys you are mentioning it three times in the movie which means that you do care but he said, no, no, I don't care, I don't care. But I think that here, in this scene that Paul committed, not being able to love his mother, there is a heal, uh, there, there, there is a wound, and this wound, uh, Esther is healing it. Y you know, comes, you know, the, we can see that the guy is, is, has a difficult relationship with a woman. From here to, uh, from, uh, from time to time, he's quite misogynistic in few lines. I think uh, Paul, you know, like, uh, an old bachelor, you know, uh, quite cautious with women. And so he needs Esther to overcome, you know, all these difficulties that he had with his mother. You know, it's, uh, that's uh, the feeling that I have about
I hope I answered to your question. Um, a lot of your films deal with the um, uh, with the rise of anti-Semitism in in Europe and with Jewish characters in particular. And I was wondering, what um, is? Do you feel like this is a response to the rise of anti-Semitism uh, in France? I mean, obviously, uh, Christmas Tale deals with it. This film deals with it. Uh, Esther Khan deals with it. Uh, that's in London, but. Uh, yeah, what, what is about that that interests you? Because I think you deal with it very well. So we mentioned few directors uh, who have been my masters, you know. One of them is hopefully alive. René died, Truffaut died. One of them is a Claude Lanzmann. Uh, my life changed this very day when I saw Shoah. It changed, you know. I think I've been, I'm a little, I'm a little bit older than you, I think that I've been the contemporary, yeah? I've been contemporary, we met the other day. Uh, I've been contemporary to something li like the, the fall of the wall, to, which is the understanding, uh, I, I, sorry, I will say it in French, I have to be precise when I'm speak, dealing with this subject which matters so much to me. La monde, ce que je voulais dire, c'est que la, la montée à la conscience en Europe et enfin dans tout le monde, pas seulement en Europe, en Amérique et de ça, de la de désastre qu'avait été la Shoah. C'est-à-dire que la Shoah, I was not contemporary to the extermination to the extermination of you know it's my grandparents' stories you know of the eastern uh, of the eastern Europe Jewish you know as Rolilberg is writing you know but I was contemporary to the consciousness arriving all around the world about how it was perhaps the event of the two centuries, you know? And I think that the beauty of it is that it didn't arrive through a book, through a philosopher, through a poet. It's a filmmaker who gave us the tool to suddenly realize the loss, who gave a name to the loss that we were experiencing since 40 years, you know? So I'm so grateful to this film, you know? And so being the counter, you know, nothing matters as, you know, this event, you know, and I'm trying to be faithful to the time that I'm experiencing and to the, the, the time I'm, I'm going through, you know, and to depict a bit in my films, uh, the, this, con this quite of concern. Est-ce que peut-être j'aurais pu mieux le dire en, en parlant de la montée à la conscience de la... It's really um, the fact that Show was a film that really brought us to the consciousness and really raised the consciousness, not just of Europe, but everywhere in the world, about what Shoah had been, what kind of an event it had been, and what kind of an impact it had had. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Thank Arno, you so for much. coming. Thank you. The Close-Up from the Film Society of Lincoln Center is produced by Nick Kemp and Michael Odemark. Our opening music is by Steelism. You can subscribe to The Close-Up on iTunes and Stitcher. The Film Society of Lincoln Center is a nonprofit arts organization based in New York City, supported by individuals just like you. Founded in 1969 to celebrate American and international cinema, the Film Society presents year-round programming recognizing established and emerging filmmakers, supporting important new work, and enhancing awareness, accessibility, and understanding of the moving image. To learn more about what we do and support the Film Society by becoming a member, please visit filmlink.org, F-I-L-M-L-I-N-C.org. The Film Society of Lincoln Center. 
film lives here. 